Hey, it's Elle. And Anna. And you're listening to the Baby Project Podcast. In this podcast, we will discuss our journeys, as well as other warriors going through the ups and downs of infertility. Um, there's ups? <laughs> yes, there's ups. Okay. As a reminder, be kind to yourself and skip as needed. We know some topics may be triggering. Let's get talking. This is episode 12. Well, that didn't go as planned. For once, we will not be talking about ourselves today, but instead we have a very special guest joining us, and that is Melanie. Most of you may be already following her on Instagram, The Intended Mama, and know about her story. But for those of you who do not know, we're happy to have her on our podcast today to share her story. Melanie is an elementary school teacher with a master's in curriculum and planning from Northern California. When Melanie is not enriching the minds of little ones, she can be found playing sports, going for walks with her son, or exploring photography. Welcome to the Baby Project, Melanie. We're so thrilled to have you on our podcast today. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) I've been like thinking about it all day long. Like, oh my gosh, today I get to record with them. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, we've been, we've been kind of too. Yeah, we have been. Is this your first podcast? It is. Yeah. Um, I was telling my close friends, I'm like, Hey, like I'm going to be on a podcast. We're recording soon. And they're like, how did that come to be? And I was just joking. I'm like, I'm just so cool that, you know, I'm going to be on a podcast and they're like, okay. I'm like, Oh no, no. I, I reached out and (laughs) can I be on your podcast, please? (laughs) No, you are so cool because you reached out to us and like you're our first guest. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was pretty special. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm the first guest. Absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) So let's jump into it. Let's talk about when the sparks started flying with your now hubby. (laughs) Oh my gosh. They, I will say, I feel like they kind of flew immediately when I saw him. I was like, Oh, I like you. (laughs) Um, so, uh, his name's Kevin. So Kevin and I, we went to college together. And the funny thing is, is that we had mutual friends, but we never met before. So one of his best friends grew up with one of my best friends. And so, we didn't cross paths until um, until like halfway through college, mm-hmm. and so what would happen is is that my friends, uh, so my friends are super obnoxious. They're amazing <laughs> and loud and crazy, and so I played rugby in college, and so mm-hmm. that's just kind of the rugby world. We're just loud and fun and mm-hmm. kind of just crazy. <laughs> and so, um, when I finally turned 21 and we started going to bars, um, my friends would just yell at this guy who was a bouncer at a bar. We go to down the street, like Kevin, you piece of shit. Like <laughs> Kevin, come in. Da, da, da. And I was like, who? I was like, okay. And I had just come back from studying abroad. So my friends had been already going to bars. And so I wasn't around yet. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back, I was going with them. And so, uh, Kevin's a bouncer at this bar I'd go to. And, um, all the, Kevin's like, yeah, all of a sudden, like with all I, you know, all your friends were there and then, and then you were there. I'm like, Oh, who's that person? That's, that's somebody new. And so that's kind of how it came to be. Like they already knew him. And, and then I had, I'd see him whenever I'd go. And then, so that's when I first saw him is just kind of like, you know, every weekend or mm-hmm. every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 
<laughs> oh, to be 21 again. <laughs> to be 21 again. I can handle it. Um, and then, so we graduated and then um, Kevin and I had both come back for a special weekend. I was there for an alumni rugby mm-hmm. weekend. He was there for something else. And we just kind of ran into each other with our mutual friends. And it, then we went on a date shortly after that. And then, I mean, it was, now it's history. So it's, we've been together since 2012, I believe. Yeah, that was when we first started dating. So we went on a date and then we just never looked back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love story. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our, our first date lasted, it was such a long time. It was, I mean, hours we were at this restaurant. And so I was like, wow, that's a good sign. <laughs> so when you guys were, you know, dating or getting more serious and things like that, did you talk about kind of what your family planning would look like what mm-hmm. your you know dreams and aspirations were for your family yeah I mean we've always wanted kids always and we're both part of big families um and so that was just kind of a given we're just we didn't ever talk exact numbers but we knew it was like yeah like three maybe four if that ever mm-hmm. just kind of happens but yeah at least three and so we yeah we talked about it we knew we wanted kids and from the beginning, um, uh, when we fourth will be an oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was an oops number four. So that's kind of <laughs> where that came from. Um, yeah, when we that first night, um, we actually met each other and we're and we were talking and whatnot. And we we're out. Um, he was like, Oh, do you have any siblings? I'm like, Yeah, like, you know, I'm the youngest of four. And he in his mind, he was like, Oh, thank God, because I guess he had dated someone before me who was his <laughs> only child. And he was like, yeah, I can't do that. Like, <laughs> I someone with like siblings who knows like how to, how to take some shit. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know I'm married to an only child. <laughs> <laughs> we had some growing pains. <laughs> he didn't want to share his sweaters with me. Yeah. You love me. You need to share with me. <laughs> this is what it's like having siblings. We share things. Yeah. Or take them, you know, yeah. whichever. Yeah. And then share forget things. and forget. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I lived with my sister in college for one year, and that's exactly Ooh. what it was. Like, we would fight over, I don't know, towels in the bathroom. And then I'm like, hey, you want to go get some ice cream? Like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He, he can't, he's a really well-rounded only child. I will give him that much, but sometimes he doesn't understand that sibling first rivalry and then the bond that you have and just that easy mm-hmm. forgiveness. And yeah. you totally forget that they hurt your feelings and called you whatever name they were calling you 20 minutes prior, but you're like, whatever. Yeah. And you move on so easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he has a hard time understanding that. <laughs> so I can see where your husband's coming from where yeah. it wouldn't mesh well with. Right. Only. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the meshing. It's like, because he's, you know, he likes to poke fun and all that. And I feel like if you have siblings, you can kind of handle that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You're not too sensitive. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Siblings. (laughs) Did you know that you actually get along with him because you're oldest? I don't know. You know, back in the day when you had those Cosmo magazines and all that stuff, when you would look at like what you're compatible with, because I was always about the Zodiacs and things, but like oldest gets along with like middle and youngest because you're so used to giving things away because you're oldest. And then the youngest or the only is used to taking everything. (laughs) So it's a give and take. Hmm. Uh, 
That makes sense. I used to be really bad at sharing my food with Kevin. <laughs> and but then I would be like, give me three bites of what you have. Like I <laughs> I'm like, no, you can't have mine. Like, are you crazy? No, that's mine. And he's like, you are such a youngest child. Like, stop it. I'm like, oh God, you're right. <laughs> Is he oldest? He's so in the he, middle. He's in the middle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he always had to share poor guy being in the monkey in the middle <laughs> he got yeah. it from both ends I know I feel bad for him but I have gotten a lot better over the years and I occasionally will remind him of that I'm like remember how I used to eat like I would not let you eat my food <laughs> I've come a long way you can have one fry now <laughs> <laughs> the one that's really soggy too not the good one <laughs> the one that I pick for you not what you pick <laughs> we call it like the setup bite. Like if you're eating like a burrito or a sandwich and like, there's that one bite that just looks so good. And mm. you're like, Oh, that one. And he's like, don't take the setup bite. I've been working like, don't not that one. Yeah. <laughs> we have like the perfect ratio of like, you know, tomato or the mayo's coming out right yes. at that exact yep. part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, and the meat's not slided all the way back. <laughs> yeah. up at the front. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to use that word now, set up bite. Don't be taking my set up bite. (laughs) And being the youngest, I would take the set up bite always. (laughs) So what about your fertility journey? Oh, through how you have come to this wonderful community that, you know, we all want to be a part of. (laughs) It's it's a great community, but it's, you never want to be a part of it. No, never. It's the shittiest thing ever. Uh, and I never thought I'd be ever part of something like this. So it's like, man, life is, life throws you curveballs. That's for sure. Sure, sure. So, um, all right. Well, when we, when we started to like, wanted to build our family, mm-hmm. we got pregnant super easily after maybe like five months. Mm-hmm. Um, we're pregnant with our, my son. Mm-hmm. And so I was a- able to carry him, which was awesome. I'm so glad I was able to experience that because I know that most, not most people, but a lot of people don't even get that. Mm-hmm. So I was able to carry my son. And, um, so what went wrong was during his labor, um, I had a C-section and the C-section was because, uh, his heart rate kept kind of dropping and going back up and dropping. And I was only like four centimeters dilated at that point. So I labored at home for 12 hours. Um, just because I'm like, I just want to stay home as long as I can and be in the bathtub and (laughs) do what I can do at home. And then things didn't really change. And so Kevin's like, Oh, let's go in. Like he called the advice nurse. So, um, so I was in the hospital and his heart rate just kept going up and down. And the doctor was like, you know, to be safe, we should do a C-section because you could be in this state for hours. And then we don't know if that's going to put a lot of stress on the baby and, like really to be safe. He's like, it's your call right now. He's like, but once you say go, it's go time. I'm like, okay. And this was like, and I mean, I was admitted, like it was an hour after I was in triage. So it was not, it wasn't a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh my God, we're going to have a baby like now. Like it was exciting, but crazy. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, yes. Okay. We'll, we'll do it. Like whatever you think you're the, you're the professional. Mm-hmm. So, um, we went in for a C-section and, um, he was born. I didn't get to see him. I was like waiting for the Simba moment above the, 
yeah. the barrier they put there. And I'm like looking up, I'm like, where is he? Where is he? He's not there. But I hear him crying. Um, and he was, bored. and so the reason why his heart rate kept going up and down is because the umbilical cord was wrapped in like a coil in between his shoulder and his chin. And he kept squeezing it every time I contract. So he was doing this. And so he was fine. He was always okay. He was perfect. Um, he looked like he had gotten into like a boxing match because his nose was like flat squished because all the oh. cartilage. And I was like, oh, like I saw a picture later. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Just, <laughs> <laughs> looked like he was in a ring. <laughs> um, so I didn't get to see him and I kept just waiting. I'm like, okay, like they're gonna, they're gonna show him to me really soon. I'm gonna see him. But mm. then things started moving super fast around me. There's a lot of doctors, nurses were just kind of moving, moving. And I'm like, okay, like I still don't see him. And they kept telling me he was okay. So uh, what had happened is that my placenta was adhered to my uterus. And so it caused it to hemorrhage and it caused my uterus not to contract. So right after a baby is born, it's this. So before a baby's born, it's like the size of a, a watermelon. Okay. And then and when it contracts, it goes down to like a cantaloupe size or maybe even smaller and it's mm. hard, mm. but it was like a soft water balloon. And so, uh, when that happens, it just bleeds, like you're just bleeding. And oh. so that's what was happening to me during the labor or after he was born. And so it was just bleeding, bleeding, but then things were moving even faster, even faster. Like people were just kept moving. And Kevin was just like, okay, something's wrong. Like what's going on. And so the doctor was amazing. Like I, he is my, obviously he like saved my life, but at the same time, he was just so great during that time. Cause he kept us in the loop and he's okay. Like, okay, like in a very calm way. He's like, this is what's happening. This is what I'm trying to do. And so he did everything he could. He was massaging the uterus in his hands, like out of my body, like in his wow. hand, massaging mm-hmm. it. They put a, um, a balloon inside and it puts pressure on your blood vessels to contract it, but it just kept filling up with blood. And so basically everything he was doing was not working. And oh, so he God. kept going through all the options and uh, that he had. And at that time, <laughs> It was insane. So at that time, like I'm losing all this blood and slowly I'm like not feeling well because I'm losing everything. Mm -hmm. And then I'm getting all these medications thrown at me, my arms. So basically they have my arms. I, I don't know if anyone's religious here, but I basically look like Jesus. Like my Mm -hmm. arms are out straight so they can just poke and prod. But I was, it was cold because I kept getting all these meds inside me. And so I was like shaking uncontrollably and throwing up and just like, it was a disaster, just a disaster of a birth. Thankfully my son was okay, but they just like all the medications they're giving me too was to help try to contract my uterus and just not one small part was working because sometimes part of the uterus contracts and part of it doesn't, but not even any of it, nothing was contracting. Your uterus went on strike. <laughs> it went on strike. So I did my job. Buddy, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Oh. What was your husband doing? Like watching all of this on the other end of the curtain and your face at the same time? Like, how was he? He was right behind my head. Mm. So he was sitting right behind me and just basically watching all the commotion and like the, the, barrier was still up. 
Mm. So he couldn't see everything. But at one point, our doctor was like, hey, Kevin, like, how's your stomach? And he's like, it's fine. He's like, come here. And so he like went behind the curtain and he's like, okay, this is what I'm doing. He had my uterus. And so he's squeezing it, showing him it's like in a towel, squeezing it. And so Kevin's like, yeah, I saw your insides out of your body. Yeah. <laughs> like that was insane. I'm like, whoa, whoa. That's that is an experience. Yeah. In <laughs> itself. Right. I mean, yeah. he's, he's a deputy. So he sees a lot of pretty gruesome things sometimes in accidents He's like, but that was, that was a little different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. His wife, even yeah. myself as a nurse, right. It's okay. Or I feel calmer when it's people that you don't know. Right. If I see my loved one in pain, it's a different kind of mm-hmm. reaction that you have, right? Like mm-hmm. you're able to maintain your professionalism in your role, mm-hmm. but then when it, it's happening to you or your partner your, or your loved one, you're like completely different. Yeah. I mean, even though we were both there, our experiences obviously were so different and I can't imagine being on his side mm-hmm. and seeing that being helpless yeah. and like all he could do was really like, just tell me he was there, which he did. And speaking of like seeing your family member, what's really crazy is that. So, um, during a surgery, if there's a significant amount of blood loss, then, um, an ER doctor comes in to like basically oversee everything. Um, and my uncle is an ER surgeon at the hospital that I delivered at. He wasn't working that night. Otherwise he would have been in the, in the room with us. And so he came the next morning once he heard what had happened. Um, but I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I told, I was like, I'm so glad you weren't there. (laughs) Like that's gotta be hard. So, yeah. Yeah. And even for your husband thinking, you know, he's watching you go through whatever you guys are going through at that exact moment. Mm-hmm. And your, your baby is just born yeah. as well. So you guys can't even truly enjoy that moment of joy, mm-hmm. right? That finally, Hey, we've waited nine months for this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you guys can't truly, you know, you were robbed of that first moment mm-hmm. together yep. as a family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably pictured it like you said the Simba moment and then like the baby on you and then you guys are sharing happy tears and like the picture perfect moment. But then yours end up being like another episode of like, you know, like when the father is Grey's anatomy. Yes, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Oh, did I, you have like a, a woo-woo birth plan? Like, did you want the lights and the music and the peaceful <laughs> meditation birth? I mean, the funny thing is, is like, I feel like I'm becoming more and more like hippie-esque, if you will. I love it. I don't know if that's like the California side of me or what. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, but the only real like plan I had is that like, okay, I want to try to deliver on like, my knees, like holding, like mm-hmm. hoisted up on the bed, kind of like holding onto the bed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I have a, a epidural, cool. If not, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did have an epidural for an hour and it was the best hour of my life. I'm like, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> uh, and I had like a few songs that I just kind of connected with. I feel like before we went to the hospital like days and weeks before I'm like, Oh, this sounds so nice. Like, but I didn't really have a major birth plan. Mm -hmm. No, just like whatever happens, happens. I'll try as long as I can to Mm -hmm. 
not have any medications. And when we got there, I was like, we were being rolled from triage into the delivery room, but all before the actual C-section and on the roll there, I was like, Kevin, I think I'm going to have an epidural. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, you told me like you, you said you wanted to wait. And I was like, I just labored at home for 12 or 13 hours labor like contracting for five minutes <laughs> i'm good yeah. you start patting your arm down i, I find a good vein for you I'll yeah, find yeah, one. Yeah. yeah i was i was not upset about it yeah. <laughs> so five out of five five out of five star rating for the epidural yes absolutely five out of five i highly recommend yeah. <laughs> so you guys are you're now in the in the in the OR, mm-hmm. your husband is like a deer in headlights, probably staring at you and all the commotion of what's going on. Right. Your doctor's tried every intervention that he can possibly think of to now save you and your uterus. Mm-hmm. And then- yeah, and he's trying everything. I am like trying not to like pass out basically because I'm losing so much blood. Like it was like a movie in some parts because. I was losing so much blood that like they had to call over the emergency like speaker in the hospital, like saying like, we need this blood, like whatever, whatever they say. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I guess it wasn't coming fast enough. So like one of the nurses is like, where's the blood? And I'm like, I can't, I can barely talk, but in my head, I'm like, yeah, guys, where's the blood? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like I need this. <laughs> um, and it came in in a, in an igloo cooler, just like, they have like what you would imagine. And, um, and basically they're pumping it into me and it was pumping right out. It was like in and out, in and out. Um, I ended up losing five and a half liters of blood total. And the doctor said a regular person has six liters in their body. Mm. So it was practically everything. He's like, pregnant women tend to have a little bit more because not tend to, they do, they have more because, you know, they have to, He's like, but yeah, you basically lost all your blood. Um, yeah. You got a free refill. <laughs> oh, I got, I got a free refill. That is for sure. But <laughs> when my, when my friends would come over to visit after, which I feel like they really saved me postpartum because they're just hilarious. Like they get, you know, I told you they yell like, fuck you. Like down the street. <laughs> um, one of them, I forgot who it was. And I told him, I'm like, yeah, I was like, isn't it crazy? Like right now, 80, like 85 to 90% of the blood in my body's not mine. Mm-hmm. And so one of my friends is like, you should try to like do different talents. You probably can like tap dance really well right now. <laughs> Have you tried playing the piano anytime? <laughs> Did you inherit any new skills or yeah. fun things with your blood? <laughs> like, it's not going to last that long. Your, your body's going to produce its own blood again. So you should probably get on that. I was like, oh. Yeah. So let's see, they, um, arms are out like Jesus and I'm trying to stay awake. So basically I'm moving my head back and forth, left to right, left to right. Um, trying to stay awake because even though like in that moment, I, I knew I was going to be okay. Like I just, for some reason I knew like, I'm going to be fine. Like this sucks right now, but I'm going to be okay. There was just that sliver where I'm like, I don't want to fall asleep just in case, like <laughs> I want to stay awake. And so I was just like back and forth, back and forth. Like my head's just like whipping around. And, um, as they're still trying to do everything, um, 
I did fall asleep for about 10 minutes mm-hmm. because I started to break out into a, um, a rash on my chest from all the medications. And so they had to give me Benadryl mm-hmm. so that uh, I couldn't stay awake after Benadryl coming. So there's about 10 minutes I was sleeping, but I was awake the whole time. I don't know if I could have been, if I'm throwing up and I'm like this, like, <laughs> I think I probably would have given up. I'd be done. Yeah. <laughs> The only word that comes to my mind when I'm in a panic is fuck. So I'd be lying there like, fuck, 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 fuck. Oh my God. Like, that's what I'd be doing and crying because I cry oh all the time. <laughs> you know what also came across my mind? And because I was so cold, I was freezing cold. Because oh. um, hospitals are cold in general, right? They can't have heat on. So I was so cold. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. It's a parody of um, the Johnny Cash movie. It's called Walk Hard. Have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. So it's a parody of a Johnny Cash, like, um, uh, I don't know, a movie. So, but it's, I can't remember all the actors' names, but he's in like a mental institution and they're like, he's on the bed and they're trying to restrain him, but he, it's, it's so stupid. But, <laughs> They like were putting all these blankets on him, and then he's like, "I'm too hot," and they're like, "He needs less blankets," and they took the blankets <laughs> off, and then he's like, "He's like, I'm so cold," and they're like, "We need more blankets," like the nurses yeah. yelling, and so in that moment, I'm just like, "I need more blankets, more <laughs> <laughs> blankets, more blankets." So I was my my mother in law came to stay with us the week after we were home. Um, or right when we got home and I was telling her about that scene and she's definitely did not think it was funny right then (laughs) (laughs) later. (laughs) Yeah. It was a little too soon for her, but later she was like, okay, that's pretty funny. (laughs) Um, at one point they told Kevin, they were like, okay, like you, you need to leave now. Like you have to go, you need to go be with your son because my son Wade was already rolled out of the room um, mm. in the uh, whatever unit he goes to. So um, he left and that um, Wade left and then they're like, Kevin, like you, you got to go. And he's like, no, <laughs> he's like, I'm not leaving. Yeah. And they were like, you have to go. Like your son needs you. You need to go. Oh. And he was and he's I've. I've only seen him cry maybe like, I don't know, a handful of times. Like I can count on one hand the amount of, and we've been together for years. And so I, that was the, like one time I saw him cry and I was just like, I'll be okay. Like, I was like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And so he had left. Um, and then, uh, but before he left, the doctor was like, okay. He's like, Melanie, he's like, I was like, we have to take out your uterus. He's like, and that means no more babies. And I was just like, that was like the heart, the hardest words I think I've ever heard. I was like, oh no. And, but inside I'm just like, no, 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 no. Like that. I don't want that. But on the outside, I was just like, okay. Like that was it. I was just like, okay. But I'm shivering like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I, that, I mean, there's not many words I've heard that are just the hardest thing I think. I've ever heard. And that was definitely one of them. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I can like hear his voice still like saying oh. it. Like, oh. He's the best doctor. And he had told us before too, like, Hey, look, oh, this is what okay. I'm trying to do. He, he, he gave us a rundown. Like this mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to do. He's like, but if it doesn't work, the very last resort is I have to remove your uterus. I have to, we have to do a hysterectomy and you won't be able to have kids. Oh. 
Oh. And when he said that the first time, yeah. like when he's still trying, I just kind of, I was like, yeah, that's going to happen. Like it just, I don't know. It just kind of hit home. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's something that's going to happen. It's like you instinctually knew. Yeah. That was, that was coming for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, came, it definitely came for me. <laughs> yeah. So did you, when they did it, were you still awake? Or did they put you out for the remainder of the surgery? No, I was still awake. Yeah, I was awake. So the whole procedure, including Wade's birth, was probably three and a half hours. Wow. That is an ordeal. Mm -hmm. So what had happened to me where your uterus doesn't contract is called accretia. Mm -hmm. And um, it doesn't happen a lot. But if it does, it happens more so in women who have already had a C-section and and sometimes they have to do hysterectomy. Sometimes they don't. Um, the only like maybe like a month ago or so I had called my doctor back because he is willing to talk to me whenever he's back. He's like, you need anything, please let me know. And I hadn't talked to him about this since the hospital wow. where I was like still getting blood transfusions. I was still like trying to process everything. And so I'm like, you know, I think I need to call him and just get every last detail I can, like, I wasn't ready to hear most of it then. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, but I need to do it. It's overdue. And so I called him and he was on the phone for me for over an hour, just telling me every last detail. And, um, and he said, he's like, here's the thing. He's like, it happens in women. He's like, it's not uncommon. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen often, but it's not uncommon. He's like, but yours was a spontaneous accretia and He's like, that doesn't happen. He called it a zebra. He's like, it doesn't happen. Mm. Um, and I'm like, if you could put a, like, what percentage would that be? Like, he's like, it's not, he's like, not even a percentage. And he's like, if I had to give it one, it's like a 0.001% chance. Of course. Of course. (laughs) To me. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Gosh. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is, that is, I can't, I'm trying to like picture and walk through it with you as you're describing it. And I can't even imagine like how it would feel, Yeah, you know, to just be in a situation where it's supposed to be so joyous yeah, and then you're just faced with this crap. And then how did it feel like once everything was kind of mm-hmm. done and settled now, how did you feel afterwards? It was, it was a lot of sadness. It it was just, I wasn't angry. I wasn't anything like that. It was just, I was so sad, so sad. And I, it's really hard being that sad when you have a newborn baby, that's just Mm -hmm. like, so happy to have yet something so terrible happened to you. And like, you almost died. Like that's, Mm -hmm. you know, the reality of it. I, I always feel weird saying that because it sounds dramatic, but it's the reality of it. That's true with Mm -hmm. all the blood loss that you had, like, Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Like when the surgery was done and before Kevin even came back in, I had turned to the nurse that was next to me. She was one of the anesthesiologist nurses. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had asked her, I didn't even want to say it then. Did I almost die? Like, I didn't want to ask her in that way. Because I'm like, that sounds dramatic, Melody. You don't need to ask like that. But don't be I, so dramatic. Yeah. All your blood's on the floor. But 
<laughs> Don't be dramatic. I had turned to her and I was just, and I could barely even see everything was pretty foggy. And I was like, did I almost not make it? And I was just looking at her and she had the longest pause because she was trying to figure out what to say. And she was like, mm. she's like, we train for this. And I'm like, yeah, that means yes. <laughs> I'm like, you have a long pause, follow it up with that. Yep. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's your answer. Especially because she paused in the beginning. She's thinking mm-hmm. of a way to say something to you. So yeah. Yeah. that means they all went home and had a glass of wine that night yeah. after that. Reward, pat on the back, oh, save man. a life. <laughs> yeah. Our, our nurses were like, like doc, Dr. Lee had a really hard time. You like they meet afterwards after certain surgeries and she was like the whole room was just like defeated almost like uh like just so heavy yeah mm. they're they're in the base the business of babies right like their goal is right. to preserve your fertility and for mm. them to remove that is is huge because that's what they're trying so hard to not have happen mm-hmm. and yeah. when it does have to happen especially under those types of rare circumstances it's like why zero point yeah zero 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 one percent i want horses not zebras Uh, yeah Yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah that is so hard so can you talk to us a little bit about when you saw your son for the first time Mm -hmm. oh yeah well it was i had tears and my vision was still a little blurry but i did see him (laughs) um it was it was amazing because i knew kevin was worried about me Mm-hmm. And cause he was, I think, I can't remember how long Kevin was out of the room for, but I'm just imagining like Kevin holding him just like, and not being able to do anything and just worrying and like staring at him and like, just, ugh, I can't, I, I can't even put words to it. It just, it makes me emotional even thinking about him just thinking that I may not be his mom and all of that. So but when they, they both came in together and they just put them on me and I couldn't even like, I could barely raise my arms to like hold him. And so I kept saying, I'm like, do you have them? Do you have them? Like, don't let him fall off me. Cause I literally am so weak. I can't hold him. And then I'm like, somebody wipe my eyes. Like I couldn't see. So I'm crying. <laughs> but he, oh my gosh, he's beautiful. Besides, you know, the squish nose and all, he is just the most precious, beautiful baby boy. He had tons of hair, tons of dark hair. And he, his eyes were just wide open and, oh, he was beautiful. Yeah. And then it was, it felt just as good to see Kevin too, because I know crying and, and like, there's words exchanged between Kevin and I in that moment that I'll always just keep to myself and the nurses there. Mm -hmm. But the nurses were just like, Oh my gosh, you guys are going to make us cry. Like, Oh, everyone's <laughs> crying. Everybody around us, like the nurse and Kevin, me, like everyone was just so emotional yeah. and after such a horrific event, but then yeah. having, but then finally being able to hold him after three and a half hours was just, yeah. I mean, holding him, he was basically placed on my chest and I'm like trying to, <laughs> trying to. touch him as much as I could. Yeah. But, and now for, for Kevin, did he have experience with like babies or did he get, you know, dad crash course 101 when he was on his own with him? Oh, he's, been, he's hours. always been good with kids and babies. Yeah. He's, like, he's so comfortable holding them. He's like a one handed type guy, just like holding a baby. Yeah. He was like a natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Awesome. He was a natural. Yeah. So then after I saw him, it was, it felt like seconds. I'm sure it was maybe a couple minutes. I had to go to the ICU. So they had to take weight away. And then Kevin went with him. And then I was rolled up to the ICU. And that was the most, that was one of the most dizzy experiences I've ever <laughs> in my life. Cause I'm like being rolled into an elevator and up and like turned yeah. around. I'm like, Oh gosh. I <laughs> Um, so I had to stay in the ICU overnight. So Wade was born at 8.30 PM and I had to be in the ICU overnight without him. So I didn't get to try to feed him. I didn't get to hold him. And finally I was able to see him the next morning around 9.30. Mm-hmm. So that was a rough night too. And were you by yourself or did Kevin come and visit you here and there in the ICU? Um, I told Kevin he had to stay with Wade. (laughs) He was like, no, I'm staying up here. I'm staying here. I'm like, you can't. I'm like, you, I was like, no, no, no. You have to be with Wade. You have to be with him. And, um, and so he did, he's like, I didn't want to, he's like, obviously I wanted to, but he's like, I want to stay with you. Mm -hmm. But he he was so insistent that he stayed with Wade downstairs and I was one or two floors up. Oh, oh, that is terrible. Oh, I can't say I wouldn't make a different decision. I would say the exact same thing. Yeah. Right. That's like your child is the extension of your heart and you need someone to take care of that mm-hmm. if you're not physically able to do so. Right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. But being on the opposite side of like of the spouse, like as a caregiver or whatever, I just, I could, I could relate and sympathize with Kevin because I just would want to be with you at all times. Like yeah. not have you out of my sight at all. You're Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you're part of me too. Even my husband, after I had surgery, or if we're talking about, you know, stuff going on, you know, in our journey kind of thing, he has said to me before, like, I'll choose you. I'll always choose you first, your health and you being here is my priority. He's like, of course, you know, our goal is to have a child and a mm-hmm. family. And he definitely wants that as much as I do. But he's like, if it's going to be the difference between me having you and not having you, I'm going to choose you. Yeah. You know, so I can definitely appreciate that mm-hmm. Kevin wanted to be with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's any partner's response, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's going to be you. Like, it's you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will. I also want to give him the most credit. He did the most selfless thing I've ever, ever even heard of, seen, experienced. So in that time where Kevin was alone with Wade and I'm um, in surgery, and he still doesn't know what's happening. Um, our families were on the other side of the wall in the waiting room. Like his mm. parents were there. My parents were there. Um, his brother, like everyone was coming because they knew something was wrong. Um, so he could have brought them back with him to sit with him and to mm. meet Wade. But mm. he wanted me to meet Wade before anybody else. So mm-hmm. I know I'm just like, oh, God, I, I will never, ever, ever forget that. Never. It was this, like the most selfless thing. I can't, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't hold it too much. <laughs> Don't let me look at you. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Holy shit. I know. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. I know. It was amazing. Like, like husband, of, husband of the year award for sure. <laughs> of, the, of the life of our yeah. life. Let's just say that. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, he, I think I could be getting this wrong, but I think he had popped out to be like, she's in surgery. I, that could, that could be wrong. 
but I know he did something out there because he kind of popped out, said what he said. And then I think it was my mom that's like, okay, let's go. Like, let's go meet baby. And he's like, no, no, no. Like you have to stay here. Mm. It's like you have to wait. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, if you had had him vaginally or even C-section, right? Like you guys would have been able to have that moment mm-hmm. for yeah, the rest like of the hour family. or however long. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, it's really nice that he was able to preserve that. And you guys still had your, yeah, your moment. Your moment. Oh my gosh. It was, it was so sweet when I realized that's what he did. I was like, wow, you are very strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're a very strong individual. Mm-hmm. And to worry all that by himself holding you know, your baby, he could have easily went out there for support. Yeah. He's definitely strong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm telling my husband that tonight. (laughs) Take notes. (laughs) Tell this how to act a love towards me. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, wow. So how did this uh, experience or trauma Mm. affect your relationship with Kevin? It only brought us closer. I have never, right after the birth, I've never felt so close to him ever. That was like, and it hasn't gone away since then. It's like, it's, it was there and now it's, it's staying. So, Mm -hmm. um, it, it just, it brought us closer together. And you know how when people say like, Oh, like nothing else matters, but family and nothing else matters, but this and that I like, I believe that wholeheartedly, but I never like. I knew what it felt like 120,000% after that. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like this is what that truly, truly feels like. Like I almost hope no one has to feel that way because it means something traumatic happened, mm-hmm. but it is an awesome feeling to feel in such a, in such a terrible time too. Yeah. Like when, when we got home, um, like really nothing mattered. I didn't care about anything else in a good way. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, he, Kevin could have brought home, you know, an Xbox, a TV, uh, he could have done anything. And I'm just like, I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be mad at it. It's fine. I have my baby. I have you. That's all I need. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think it was, it was realized at that moment because we had been talking about like, which wall to put this giant TV in our house, like before Wade was born. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, that thing is a monster. We don't need it. Like, mm-hmm. and then when you talked about it, you know, just being home and I was just like, I don't care, put it wherever you want. Like, it doesn't matter. He was like, okay, we'll come back to this. Yeah. <laughs> it may matter again. <laughs> it may matter later. Yeah. Is this a phase? I'm not sure. I'm just going to wait. But a whole other level of almost like a deeper level of appreciation for each other and appreciation of moments. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like to go, to go through what you did, like you appreciate things so much more mm-hmm. and appreciate each other so much more. Right. Yep. Yeah. Wow. When you have that trauma, right. Happen to you, you don't sweat the small stuff as much. No. Where you realize no. that things are far bigger than the stupid shit that you worry about. Right. Like, did I say the right thing? Did I wear the right thing? Did I look the right way? Yeah. Did I put the TV in the right wall? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm alive today. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm with our baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. else matters. No. <laughs> it felt it felt good. That part felt like I almost kind of missed that feeling of intent, how intense that feeling was. Cause it was such a good feeling, even though things were rough, it just, it felt good to feel that. Mm-hmm. And that's like, if I can say I miss anything about it, that's it. 
Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the only thing really. <laughs> and weight being so small, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was just such a good feeling to have. Yeah. What about your support system? Did you have a good support system after the birth? The best support system. Or even the now, best. right? Like mm-hmm. now yeah. on the journey. Yeah. I mean the best, like I was telling you about my friends, like saying all those funny things that they would say when they came over, like my incision from the surgery would hurt because I was laughing so much. And I'm like, (laughs) like, you guys are making me laugh in like the hardest time of my life. And hopefully the hardest time I'll ever have. And I am so grateful for them for that. Um, yeah. So Kevin's mom came to stay with us that first week. And then my mom came to stay with us that second week and just extra support and like they made us meals and, you know, held weight and helped, you know, just helped with everything. We, we had a big support system, just amazing. And now too, um, I only, I feel like I only get positive responses. I never get anything negative except for like the stupid comments you guys talked about before in your, (laughs) in your other episode. I have a handful of those. But we'll talk about that so we can do a part two. (laughs) Oh, I I can do a part two, three, four. (laughs) But that's really good that overall you have, um, you know, positive response from people in your life about what you're doing now. And you had a really good support system Mm -hmm. after what you went through. Some people have to do things on their own and they don't have those kinds of supports and it sucks. Yeah. Or trying to navigate everything. Yeah on their own yeah for sure well it has been an absolute pleasure to have melanie here with us today and telling us about your story into motherhood and how it certainly did not go according to plan and we truly are sorry that you lost uh, an organ in the process and um thanks for opening up with us and telling us about your story we really can't wait to hear your part too and um where how your story ended up or if you're still in your journey where you're at now we're really looking forward to hearing more about it thanks to everyone for listening to our episode today and uh, remember in any project including the baby project you must take things one step at a time got a question for us or perhaps you would like to share your story and be a guest on our podcast Feel free to connect with us by emailing us at thebabyproject underscore at outlook.com or DM us on Instagram at thebabyproject underscore. Thanks for listening.